listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're ticking off a box on the Reading Glasses Challenge, review a book by a BIPOC author. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I am listening to a book, which... You were just an audiobook fiend now. What a fiend. I know. Um, I am listening to a book. I'm listening to... The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, read nice. by Toni Morrison. What? what a dream. Oh, that's super cool. Oh, it super is. Cool. I mean, listen, I I haven't read this book since high school. I realized, so I I felt like it was something I wanted to revisit um, because obviously Toni Morrison is one of the greatest authors of our time. But also, I had just been thinking about it a lot, and man, it is. Darker than I remember it being. Uh, it's an extremely dark book. But her reading it is poetry. You know, like she, I wanted to listen to it because I knew, because of the way it was written, it, it's it's written in such this like stylized mar- manner. And then when I saw that she read it, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And it is like listening to like lyrical song in your ear. And it's so... Great. Um, if, if people don't know what The Bluest Eye is about, um, it is about, uh, it's, it's a lot of different stories, but it's mostly about uh, this little girl named Pecola. Um, she is a black girl living in the South, and um, it's sort of about her life and all the people around her and uh, uh, everyone else's life. And it, and it does that cool thing where it talks about someone and then it goes into their backstory and you hear all about them. It's just like really great literary fiction. Um, and I was thinking about a different Reading Glasses challenge, um, the challenge about the uh, banned books. And this is a book that's been banned quite a bit. And so I was curious about that and why it had been banned. And so I started reading this one. Um, what are you reading, Sweet. Uh So I am reading something very adorable and uh i i think this actually st- a bunch of people recommended this to me my boyfriend recommended it to me but i uh, it was after i read Re- we ride upon sticks and we are the wildcats that in our reading glasses slack i was like i think i love books about hockey teams because <laughs> you know the past couple of years i've become a really huge hockey fan uh of the washington capitals and the boston bride um so a bunch of people suggested I read the graphic novel Check Please by Ngozi Ukazu and it, it Bria you would love this it is so fucking cute it is about it's about this college hockey team and this um boy who used to be a junior figure skating champion and he joins the college hockey team which is very different from figure skating sure. but he has a problem because he has a crush on one of the very handsome members of the hockey team with, that is that is on his team and it's adorable it's like it started out as a web comic and there's a bunch of books this is just the first volume and i'm obsessed completely obsessed and it's uh she is from texas the author oh, cool. so um, writing about hockey from texas huh yeah it's it's really really interesting she at the beginning of the book it talks about how she and uh, how a first-generation Nigerian Texas-born woman ended up writing about a <laughs> uh, boys, mostly white college hockey team. Yeah, yeah I and, mean that's I'm and all the research she did for it, and how she ended up falling in love with hockey because of it. And it's just such a cool story. She's such a cool author, and it's so adorable. Like, so it, it's def- I definitely recommend it for for folks, even if you aren't into hockey, because it's just like really cute and romantic and fun. And it's just I love it. I it's love like it so much. Inverse 
the cutting edge. Do you remember the cutting edge? Did you ever see this no. movie? Wow. Uh, it's about a hockey player who starts figure skating and like he's like real rough and tough. It's a rom com from like the nineties. I just had to look up to the name because I couldn't remember what it was. Oh my god, and I'm I gonna f- have to. Uh, I'll ask Jeremy if wait, he's ever seen it. And I feel like, uh, hold on, I'm gonna tell you who's in it. And uh, it, oh, the people who I thought were in it are not in it. So I don't know. Uh, but I remember as a as a teenager thinking, wow. What a sexy movie this is! Um, I was eleven Maybe when it came someone out. Needs to, someone needs to watch that movie and read this this comic. This no, you you and, should watch that movie and read. No, this. but but so, then someone needs to write fan fiction about oh. the main characters of both of them falling in love with each other yeah. and being really great skaters. Yeah, yeah, it's very cute. Um, Amazing. So that is Check, Please by Ngozi Ukazu. and mine is The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, read by Toni Morrison. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Jenny wrote in about crocheting bookmarks. We've got a lot of interest in <laughs> crocheting bookmarks. Because I'm I mean, very interested. Well, Mallory was like, these are going to be, these crocheted bookmarks are going to be too thick. Um, and y'all, I was y'all proven ta- wrong. If you have crocheted bookmarks, please tag us on Instagram. I've been reposting them if you have them. And uh, I could post a few to our main feed too, because we do have a lot of interest here. Uh, well, Jenny wrote in saying, in general, I love crocheting while listening to audiobooks and making bookmarks feels extra reading productive. That is hardcore. Mm-hmm. Listening to an audiobook while you make bookmarks. I love it. Uh, Jenny says, there's tons of wonderful free tutorials on YouTube. I particularly like making flowers where the quote unquote bookmark bit is the stem and a rosebud sticks out of the top of the book. Here's some I made and there's a link we'll put in the show notes. I think bookmarks are a great beginner project for people interested in crocheting because unlike a scarf or a sweater, you finish quickly. Tip, use thin cotton yarn, starch and iron it after you're done so it stays crisper and more bookmark like. (laughs) You don't want a floppy. You don't want a floppy old bookmark. (laughs) Get you a... Get you a really straight, crisp bookmark. We all, well, we talked in a recent episode about how I like a stiff bookmark yeah. or a thick bookmark. <laughs> uh, she likes her bookmarks like she likes her drinks. Stiff. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone write a rom-com about me. <laughs> FYI, it's 8.30 in the morning and I was able to make that joke. Okay. Um, I know. Extremely impressive. Uh Penny wrote in with a cool book, uh, with some cool book info. Cool book info. Yes. Insert some little typing. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Yeah, I think this came in after we talked last year about how Sean's, Sean's number one pick of the year for 2020, uh, his favorite book was, uh, I think it was Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Ah, okay. Uh, well, Penny wanted to point us to an article uh, that she read about the Booker Prize winning novel novelist Bernadine Evaristo heading up a project to get forgotten black British books back into print. And then we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, at the times the at the time the books were initially published, they suffered from a lack of marketing, and subsequently they went out of print quickly. It'd be fantastic if you talk about this on your show and spread the word to your listeners. Hey, check it out. Here we are. Um, also, for UK readers, check out the Papal Tree Press. I hope I'm saying that right. Papal. That sounds like the way you say the Pope thing. <laughs> the pap- <laughs> Papal. Uh, maybe Peppel. Mm. People, Papal, Peppel, uh, Tree Press, and independent publisher and, se- or, and seller or books by Caribbean or black British authors. They have stunning, uh, a stunning collection of works on their site, and they also have a U.S. partner, Peakish Press, uh, who print Caribbean authors. And we'll put all uh, those links in our show notes. 
That is awesome. Um, and I want to do a quick bookmark from us. Uh, we have not forgotten about it. Uh, the winners of the 2020 Reading Glasses Chipotle Challenge um, have been chosen. Uh, the, the main problem is that I need more stamps and I have literally not been to the store. I have not really left my house besides to go on walks since, I don't know, the first week of December. It's been almost two months because uh, things are really dire here, uh, pandemic-wise, in L.A., and I'm afraid to go to the post office. Uh, but things are starting to get a little bit better, and I will feel a little bit better about uh, venturing out uh, and going to the post office to get more stamps. Uh, so hopefully within the next uh, month, we will be sending out the Chipotle gift cards to the winners. So uh, thank you. We got a bunch of folks who who, who uh, sent in their completed 2020 challenges. Uh, it was really cool to read through all the books that everyone chose for each part of the challenge and how everyone completed the different uh, activities. So don't worry. We have not forgotten them. It is just this. We're in dire straits here in L.A. I have not interacted with anyone with, with a stranger in, in months. It, I feel like I forgot to have conversations with people who aren't Jeremy or my cats. <laughs> Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. In addition to an extra recommendation every month from me and Bria, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, and before we pick off a box on the Reading Glasses Challenge for 2021, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Bright Sellers. Bright Sellers is the wine subscription service that helps you find wines you love while making wine more accessible to everyone. Whether you're a new wine drinker or you're someone who's been drinking wine for years, Bright Sellers' seven-question quiz will match you with unique wines based on your taste profile. It is super easy to take. It is super fun. And it's if you're a person who, you know, Maybe you're really interested in wine, you want to get into wine, but you don't know where to start. It's awesome because it just asks you questions like, okay, well, what kind of snacks do you like? Do you like coffee or tea or orange juice in the morning? It helps match you with wines based off of foods that you eat every day and, and tastes that you're already familiar with. And of course, right now, it's important to stay healthy and at home when you can. One of the things that I miss the most about the pre-pandemic times is being able to go to the store and browse different things. Obviously, we can't do that right now. But what's great about Bright Sellers is they allow you to, you know, have that sort of experience without going to the store while still bringing you personalized wines. And it's right to your door. How amazing is it to get a delivery of wine right to your door? Amazing. So each Bright Sellers box offers a unique wine experience that includes the wine, obviously, but also the wine education cards. I'm obsessed with these folks. They are so cool. They talk about the region each wine comes from, the tasting notes, things that you like, okay, well, this wine goes good with things like broccoli and cheddar soup or ribs or barbecue. It really, really helps you learn how to pair wines with foods. They also tell you what temperature each wine should be served at, how long you should put it in the fridge for, how long you should put it in the freezer for. It is so cool. I love learning things. It really is great for, I mean, even if you already know a bunch of things about wine, it's amazing to be able to get these really amazing wines right to your door. And after you try each one, you go to your Bright Sellers account and rate it. And what Bright Sellers does is they apply those ratings to your future matches. So each box continually gets better and better. It would be like if there was a bookstore that was synced up with your Goodreads account and all of the books that you gave four or five stars to, they they recommended more books like that. But so that, but like for wine, 
It's so, so cool. So for Reading Glasses listeners, Bright Sellers is giving you 50% off your first six bottle order from Bright Sellers. So you go to brightsellers.com slash glasses. That's Bright Sellers as in C-E-L-L-A-R-S. Like the seller of your house, not like a seller of things. Um, backslash glasses. And you can take their seven question quiz. It's really quick. It's really fun. We all love an online quiz. And what's better than an online quiz that helps you get more cool wine that's delicious and matched with your taste. So you get 50% off your first six bottle order. That is so much, especially off of wine. So that's brightsellers.com slash glasses. Brightsellers.com slash glasses. Glasses. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. We're working on the 2021 Reading Glasses Challenge, reviewing a book by a BIPOC author. Why do we put this on the challenge and what books are we reviewing? So first off, we've been using this term BIPOC, but people might not realize what this term means. It stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. And basically it's a term that's a little more inclusive than just saying people of color. Um, So basically that means reviewing a book by an author that falls into that category. That's what we're doing for this part of the challenge. Yeah, and a little history on this term BIPOC. Um, For what I could find, the earliest use of the term was in 2013. And the idea behind it is to find a more inclusive term, like Mallory said. Um, But also a term that recognizes various narratives and the history of, well, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Um, So, look. There's no way to include every person's person's narrative, history, subjugation, relationship with power structures in an acronym. It's too hard. Uh, But right now, we are trying, and words change, and vocabularies change, and the lexicon changes, and this word has already received criticism, but right now, this is a really good term, and it's what we're using, and we may start using a different word in a few years, but a lot of linguists and activists are agreeing that this is a cool term to use at this moment. Um, But here's the thing. For you, using this term, uh, if you're talking about black people and police brutality, you should say black people, not BIPOC, right? Um, Yeah. But since we're talking about publishing, and this is a place where uh, BIPOC authors are getting paid less, uh, they get less help promoting books, they've traditionally not been part of bestseller marketing schemes by big companies, we're going to say BIPOC because it does include all of these people. Uh, next year, we may call it something different. Uh, we know y'all love language. We know y'all love love to keep up with the latest terms. So, uh, that's, so I just want to do a quick explanation of this particular term. 
Yes. And so why is this particular part of the challenge on there? Why is it important? Because supporting BIPOC authors is important. We know that pre-ordering and requesting books from the library is important, but there's more as readers that we can do to support authors on the other end of the of the, the book pipeline. Um, reviewing a book at your library, Goodreads, Amazon, Storygraph, your own blog, you know, wherever you review books might make someone casually browsing more apt to pick it up. It can boost its performance and algorithms. It basically builds buzz for the book for free. It's it's the same sort of deal as like what, what we talk about at the end of every show, like reviewing reading glasses help can help boost it and make it just make it look more appealing to folks. Right. And the nice thing is it is free. And we like to put these free things on our uh, on our activities list. And in case you're brand new to reading glasses, we do five books that you should read and then five activities. And we like the activities you know, to make some of them personal, to make some, but we'd like them to be cheap and or free. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So this is free and it's an awesome way to throw some extra support towards marginalized authors. Yeah, as as Bria was just saying, you know, it, traditionally and, and still even now, even though things are changing, it's a very slow change. And BIPOC authors usually get less money in terms of marketing hum, in publicity. There's there's usually less of them on the bestseller list for this reason. It's a whole system of things. And it just sort of starts on one end where, you know, a lot of BIPOC authors get less um uh, get less in advances for their books, so they end up getting less in in in, in marketing and publicity dollars. So they're they are less likely to end up on a bestseller list or to sell really well. And then like the whole cycle continues, and we know that that's bullshit here. So it's just a great way to, to throw extra support their way to make sure that more people are buying them, to get more eyes on them, to bump them in various algorithms all across the internet. It's, it's just awesome. And that's something that's important to us here on Reading Glasses. And I mean, part of the reason I wanted to put this one on the 2021 challenge is that I'm fucking awful at remembering to review books. <laughs> I really am. If you listen to the show, you know that ever since I became, I got my Lady from the Black Lagoon got published, I basically avoided Goodreads and Amazon as much as I possibly can. I don't ever want to look at them. Uh, but it is so fucking helpful for authors to do this. I know both Bria and I know. Uh, so I want to get better about this for my fellow authors. Um, so, Bria, what book are you reviewing for this? Yeah, and and just to say, just to, like, back Mallory up, it's a little bit like Yelp, you know? Like, you know, yeah. when you're mad about something, you're like, I'm going to write a bad Yelp review. Well, I think a lot of people think that when they're reading something or they're writing, they're reading something they're like, they don't like or they're watching something they don't like and they go give it a bad review. So you end up with, like, a lot more bad things that they're actually, and there's a lot of people who liked it who didn't think to go and do a review. So we're just saying, go give some love. Um... So I I don't often do reviews. I just do stars on Goodreads. Anybody who follows me on Goodreads knows that I just go up there. I'm like red or five stars. That's all I do. Very simple. But I'm going to write a full review for this. And I think maybe it will just be the first book that kind of hits me hard. I don't know. Or I started thinking there were so many books on my top 10 of last year that I loved. Um, but I buy BIPOC authors, but I just gave them five stars and I moved on. So I think maybe I could go back and look at my top 10 and write a little something about one of those authors. I haven't decided, but, um, you know, I have 10 more months to figure it out. So I figure, (laughs) so I, I, but I think, uh, just instead of going and giving five stars, like I normally do, I will go and, and, and write a little something, uh, additional, uh, which takes like, you know, what, five minutes more than what I normally do. It's not really that big. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like an eloquent essay on why you like the book. It could just be fucking great. 
really like characters. Great plot. Yeah. Of course, Two I, I mean, I'm sure people feel this all the time, but I feel pressure when I'm writing these where I'm like, ooh, someone's going to read this and they're going to be like, I disagree that you think it's fucking great. Or so, I don't know. Like, something yeah. about me is like, I, I feel like I have to make it really eloquent. Uh, and I And I think... We're encouraging, like, yeah, take the pressure off. Honestly, the Goodreads reviews that I read are the ones that are just, like, three lines where they're, like, great characters, didn't understand this part, or great characters, you know, whatever. I, like, all of that, that's what I read. When they're, like, five pages, I'm like, I don't have, I'll just read the book at that point. <laughs> Why am I wasting time? <laughs> wasting too much time. Uh, what are you going to do? What book are you going to review for this? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I'm going to review an audiobook that I'm uh, listening to right now, which is Mediocre by Gioma Aluo, uh, an author I've talked about on the uh, show before that I adore. She wrote So You Want to Talk About Race, which was amazing. Um, and, well, you know, I, well, I just want to review way more books this year. And I'm highlighting this one in particular, not just because I love it, but because its subject matter lends itself to more angry one-star troll reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I first put a hold on this at the library, I thought it was another collection of like essays, like So You Want to Talk About Race Was, but it's actually more of a history book about the legacy of white male mediocrity in America. <laughs> Each chapter kind of goes into the history of like one facet. Like the first chapter is about... Um, the story of Buffalo Bill and how actually he was like a murderous genocidal fraud who like Mm. made up a bunch of things to make himself seem more macho and more successful. But because uh, he did this and created this like weird um, trope and like legend of like the cowboy in the the American West, like it's being used to justify a lot of shitty uh, behavior by people who want to like take down the government and, um, you know, have their gun like it's just like it, it's so fascinating the, the history that she that she comes up and, and and writes about and then connects it to problems that we're going through right now um it's definitely a five-star book um uh, i'm gonna review it on story graph uh which is something we've been checking out and testing out for the show we've had a lot of people write in to talk about story graph so stay tuned we are in the process of of figuring that out. But, um, well, you want to explain what Story Graph is for those who don't know, possibly your co-host on this show? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's a, it's an alternative to Goodreads. Ah. It's basically like a social book rating, book browsing app. Uh, but the cool thing about it is that it is black owned um, mm. and it is much prettier than Goodreads. There's no beige in sight. Wow. Um, and I like it a lot. And part of the reason why like, I have a, I, I haven't really put anything into my account yet, um, but I, I like it because one of the reasons I stay off of Goodreads is that my good personal Goodreads account is connected to my author account. So I it's hard to log into Goodreads without being confronted with like how many reviews Lady from the Black Lagoon has and like what's the star rating for it, which it actually has quite a lot of reviews and the star rating is pretty good. So thank you to everyone who's been uh, 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 rating it on Goodreads, but I can't like avoid it when I log into there. So uh, Storygraph, I am not connected to my author page on Storygraph. Uh, So I can, I can, mark like rate things and review things and put them on there without like having to look at what people think about my book which is nice I really like it uh, I really like the way they tag books I uh, again we're we're working on testing stuff out for I've been like poking around with it for a while uh, Bria you should probably make an account and we can test it out uh, but yeah I just by nature of what mediocre is 
I already know because I am a woman on the internet and I know how things work that this book is absolutely going to get inundated with angry, angry dudes who are like, one star, this book sucks, Buffalo Bill rules. Uh, So I really, one, I wanted to support her because she's an amazing author, but I want to make a little, help make a cushion for the kind of crappy reviews that she's going to get. Um, which we also talk about. I mean, it's like what you were just saying, Brie, about Yelp things, you know, so many of us go, wow, that was a good book. And then it just like f- flies right out of our minds. Um, and we never think to, to rate it or review it anywhere. Um, but we should, cause it's really helpful for authors, mm-hmm. especially authors who are marginalized and need more of the help. Uh, so you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we answer a recommendation request, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Green Chef. Folks, you know that here on Reading Glasses, we love Green Chef. They're now owned by HelloFresh, which is a company that we love. They are the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. So Green Chef makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle. Doesn't matter if you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or you just want to eat healthier and not have to pick out things to cook each week and figure out what ingredients you need. There is a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. Recipes include pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices so you can get more chef-curated flavor in less time. And there are nine meal options every week for each plan. And you can switch up your plan whenever you're ready to try a new way of eating. We have had these boxes and they are amazing. The last one that we got had these amazing bean meatballs with um, coleslaw and tomatoes. It was so, so tasty and easy to put together. If you listen to the show, you know I am not very good at cooking. I am trying to learn how to do it. And one of the things that has been really helping is Green Chef being able to make a really delicious, fresh, amazing meal that has everything already figured out for me. Green Chef takes care of the figuring out part. It is so, so easy and fantastic. I love the variety of foods. I love that they have uh, vegan options or vegetarian. So right now you can go to greenchef.com slash 90 glasses and use code 90 glasses to get $90 off, including free shipping. That is so much money off of really, really delicious food, really amazing meals that are easy to make. And they're honestly pretty fun to make, especially from someone who is not very good at cooking. So you go to greenchef.com slash 90 glasses and code 90 glasses for $90 off, including free shipping. So that's greenchef.com slash 90 glasses. Glasses. Hey, it's Jesse. What you're about to hear is real. Hey, this is Chris. Hi, Chris. It's Jesse calling from Maximum Fun. Hey, Jesse. I heard that you got into a car accident. Yeah, I was listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself, and I just laughed so hard that I uh, slammed into a construction barrier. Do you remember what it was that was so funny? I will never forget, I'm sure. They started talking about Vegas and the, you know, if it happens here, it stays here and that slogan. And Graham was talking about, oh, you know, wasn't there some other slogan for another commercial? Oh, it was like a commercial for food and it said like, whatever's in there stays in there. I can't remember what it was, clams or something. (laughs) 
<laughs> Clam? <laughs> Just so ridiculous. And man, I got lightheaded. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Next thing I know, <laughs> smash. <laughs> yeah. They are they are just brilliantly funny. So I talked to Dave and Graham from Stop Podcasting Yourself. We would like to pay your car repair bill. Is that okay? That I mean, that would be super nice, Jesse. I really I, I thank you. I appreciate that. Now let's answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. This is an anonymous request. Uh, This person says, I struggle a lot with anxiety and stress management. Recently, I found reading to be helpful. Uh, Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell is is great because I can relate to the main character dealing with her social anxiety. However, when I try and read nonfiction directly related to stress and anxiety, I find it hits too close to home. I tried Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski and wanted to like it so badly, but found myself having to put it down because it was causing a rise in my stress levels. Nonfiction might be too direct for me. I think I need fiction that deals with a main character struggling with these topics. Do you have any recommendations for main characters learning to deal with anxiety in a productive way and not just magically overcoming it? Bria, what should this person read? Yeah, I completely understand this. I started reading this book last year. We don't talk about books we put down, but I did put this down. I may return to it at some point. Um, this book called Why Why We Can't Sleep. Do you know about this? Um, I remember you telling me about I it. I started trying to read it, and then I was like, oh, this, now I can't sleep. I, this is why I can't <laughs> sleep. Uh, I can't keep reading this book. I cannot sleep. I kept thinking... Uh, Uh, yeah, I just kept thinking about the things that she was talking about in the book. And I was like, yes, this is what I'm stressed about. This is why I can't sleep. Anyway, um, so for this person, I kept thinking about characters that I loved that probably have an undiagnosed um, uh, anxiety disorder. But I kept coming around to the fact that when I read a lot of these books, they made me very anxious because I'm thinking about people who are very anxious. Uh, So this was actually a little bit of a tough one. Um, A book I enjoyed a lot about a man who deals with social anxiety, depression, and OCD uh, was The Rosie Project by Graeme Simshian. I I may be totally butchering that. Apologies. Um, It's about, it is kind of a feel-good novel, um... Mallory, have you read this book? You would like it. No. You dig it. Um, I think they're making a movie out of it, but it's it's a feel-good novel about a man trying to basically figure out if he's capable of love. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound feel-good, but he basically goes about trying to figure out if he's capable of love, and then he tries to, he's like, oh, I'm going to date this one woman, and he goes in this very um, scientific kind of way. Um Also, I would just encourage you to maybe, if you don't want to do nonfiction that's basically like, here's how to deal with anxiety. Maybe some memoirs of people who have dealt with anxiety. I know we recommend Samantha Irby on the show all the time, but I think she has a very positive outlook about her anxiety and deals with it in her books uh, and talks about it openly, but not in a way that made me (laughs) feel uh, upset or anxious in a way like some books have, like even some fiction books have. Um, so, well, because I think it's so funny. Like it's she talks about her social anxiety and then like makes a joke about her butthole. And it's hard yeah. to get too anxious when you're actually laughing at how fucking hilarious she is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
It's funny. I started looking at books like I was like, what what books do people like on the internet categorize with like main characters have anxiety? And the bluest eye is one of them. And I'm like, right, of course, because this is the most anxiety inducing book of all time because there's all these people dealing with anxiety and none of it's diagnosed because it's 1970 when she was writing it at not that anxiety didn't exist, but I think we just didn't diagnose it as much. Um, and so, yeah, I think I, I totally understand this. Um, but try the Rosie Project. I think it will be really nice. It'll make you feel good, even if it's maybe not the same kind of anxiety that you have. Um, obviously, this person has a lot of social anxiety. Uh, uh, how do you, What is your recommendation for Anonymous? Uh, well, I just want to first up want to say Anonymous, I get you. Uh, I have generalized anxiety disorder and I have to manage it every day and go to therapy uh, twice a month. Um, and I, I love reading books about characters who deal with anxiety. Uh, and so I actually got really excited to recommend books for this. Uh, and I just wanted to say right now, you're going to be okay. <laughs> uh, I, my, my therapist is really great about one, telling me that, helping me understand that I have anxiety. So I'm never going to cure it. It's never going to go away. The best I can do is like turn the dial down on it. And thinking about that helped me. Um, and also thinking about it as it's anxiety is sort of my superpower, uh, that has like deep cons, but also a lot of pros. Uh, I have, I'm, I have a lot of social anxiety, but at the same time, like Bria can attest, I'm extremely fucking organized and <laughs> prepared <laughs> and it, it superpowers a lot of things about my life. So, um, I actually really like reading characters with anxiety because of this and seeing how other people deal with it. Um, that being said, I have a couple recommendations for this because my first pick is very fucking scary. It's one of the scariest books I've ever read, but it's amazing. Uh, I've talked about it on the show a bunch and we've had glassers who've read it and loved it and written in about it it's uh the nest by kenneth oppel it's about a young boy and who's his parents have just had another baby he has a new brother um but the baby is having medical issues and his parents haven't really won't stop and kind of explain to him what's going on with the baby so he's very anxious about it and very and just sort of he's sort of spinning out in his like little eight-year-old way um and he starts having nightmares that they're that the um wasp nest that has formed in his yard um there's a that the wasps come into his bedroom and tell him that they're going to replace his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is it's so scary, but it is truly the best depiction of childhood anxiety that I've ever read. And I was like, wow, this is me as a child, minus like the nightmare wasps. <laughs> like incredible. So it is so, so, so good. Uh, it is a genius book. Uh, my boyfriend, who also has anxiety, read it first and he was like, this is perfect. And I read it. I was like, ah, yes, I completely agree. Uh, the easier to read recommendation that I'm going to say is Where'd You Go Bernadette by Maria Semple. I think there's a movie out with it with Kate Planchett now. Um, yeah. It, uh, it's an adult book. It is very funny, but it's about a woman who is very anxious and agoraphobic and she ends up disappearing. Uh, and her family is on a quest to find out where the fuck she went. Uh, it's really wonderful. It is again, it's very lighthearted, but it's dealing. It's Maria Semple has a really great way of dealing in a very light, funny way with things that are very heavy. Uh, and this book is fantastic. Um, so that's The Nest by Kenneth, Kenneth Oppel and Where'd You Go Bernadette by Maria Semple. And mine is The Rosie Project or anything by Samantha Irby. <laughs> <laughs> so you can send your recommendation request or reading glasses podcast at gmail.com.
Time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Dimitri writes in about fan fiction, saying, Recently, I've come to a confusing dilemma in my reading habits. I love my e-reader, Kindle Paperwhite, and oftentimes I will download large fanfics alongside my novels so I feel more accomplished with my reading. I realize that a large portion of these fics are huge, and many of them would count as multiple books if they were published, some of them being 400 to 700 a uh, thousand words long. Holy fucking shit. Uh, for comparison, Harry, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is uh, 190,000 words, while the fic I'm reading now is 400,000 words, all written for free, which is insane. Let my br- uh, Yet my brain still separates them from quote-unquote reading I do uh, with published works. Do you think it's fine for fic and novel readers to count both towards their yearly reading goals, even if you don't log it in Goodreads? I know that many people have this question too, so I'd be interested to hear it discussed on the show. Bria, what do you think Dimitri should do? Wow, we are all such little achievers on this show, little counters <laughs> in the Glasser community, and I understand it. Not only do I understand it, I am part of it. I, I, I completely feel you. Why would I do it if I'm not getting credit? Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Reading is reading. You, Of course. You count it towards your yearly goal. I mean, it's almost confusing because it's so many— <laughs> That's a very big doorstop of a book. I mean— It's a honker. It's a honker of honkers. Yeah, but, um, I mean, look, you may not be able to find a way to log it on Goodreads, although Glassers, if y'all know how to do this, let us know. Or maybe it should be a goal that some of these, I don't know, should be added to Goodreads. Just a thought that, I mean, if they are so long and they're read often. But yes, just count it towards your year-end goal. It may not be a goal you can put out there and be like, I read these publicly on my Goodreads, but definitely count it uh, when you're doing your own your own personal tally, for sure. Yes, obviously. Even though it doesn't feel like reading, that's the best kind of reading. The best kind of reading is when it <laughs> doesn't you know feel it's like good. work. Yeah, if the other ones feel like work, maybe you should only be reading fanfic. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and Mallory, I, I think you agree with me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. First off, fan fiction, yes, is real reading. There's a lot of books out there that started out as fan fiction. Yeah. Look at fucking Fifty Shades of Grey, for God's sake. One of the best-selling books of all time. Uh, so novels are at least 40,000 words in length. So if you're reading a fan fiction that, that is that length or longer, fucking count it as a novel. Your reading tracking is for you, not anybody else. The book police are not going to come into your house and check your work and, like, bust you for fraud. Like, that's, that's not happening. The only person who has to believe these fan fictions count as books is you. You know, if you want to track it as its own subcategory, like, oh, I read, uh, you know, 50 novels and 40 fan fictions this year, that's fine. Um, but if you want it to count towards your yearly book goal, fucking count it like 100 100 percent. Again, like the only person you have to convince is yourself. And if they they're the length of books, they do the same job as books just because they haven't been traditionally published as a book doesn't mean you can't count it towards your goal. I think there is such a and I understand because. I think Brie and I are in the same way too. There's this weird uh, urge to have things like count and be doing their thing, everything the right way. But who cares? Yeah, like little counters. Just because you can't put it put it into <laughs> little counters. Uh, just because you can't put it into like a particular app. Like maybe I I think maybe Dimitri, this would be a good thing to start like a your own spreadsheet or or a book journal or yeah. something that something that's like external and outside of these apps because you know 
they totally count. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously, look, these apps are built for a very specific purpose. That purpose is to sell books. I mean, that is the goal of Goodreads is actually to sell these books. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a it is it is owned by Amazon. It is designed uh, to sell books. Of course, like these fan fictions aren't on there. They're written for free and available for free. So I think, yeah, having I love that idea. Have some sort of outside journal. I I keep a journal of my books that is away from my Goodreads. just in addition to my Goodreads, where I, I kind of know exact, I, I give a, a more nuanced rating, you know, so I know exactly what I'm doing. So it's, I think you should- Bri, I Bri think, and I both have secret paper reading journals yeah. that well, also we I love burn a, upon our death. I love a journal. So of course I would keep one about books. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think having your own uh, own thing, place to track it, that's a great idea, Mallory. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. I think people have started, I think my friend Christina put the Reading Glasses Challenge into StoryGraft. So mm. I think we should start moving and, and bump, bumping up our investigation of StoryGraft. Um, stay tuned. Maybe we'll, we'll create a StoryGraft group. Um, okay. But remember, uh, you can if you want to look sexy and show off your love of reading, you can buy Reading Glasses shirts, tote bags, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff in the Maximum Fun store. There's always a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners, makes us look fancy. It helps advertisers look at, want to want to give us money. Uh, it's it's great. You know, they look at it and go, wow, Reading Glasses is over a thousand reviews. We should pay them to talk about things. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading Sheet Podcast. On Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.